In fact, we should check to see if it's going. Because we can. I'll come over here. Is that where I'm at? Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, uh, we're snowed in. Uh, we, a couple people made it out this morning. Good morning, guys. <laughs> hey, um, we're going we're gonna to just begin our service this morning. Hope you guys are all safe and, and uh, have been managed to shovel out and do all the stuff you need to do. Um, as pe we're just kind of doing this online this morning, so we've got a few faithful people come and help us put this together. Uh, Henry's going to lead us in some worship this morning, and so he's going to come. But uh, so we'll just have a have our service online and pray you get you know that you feel the Lord and that you just really get encouraged this morning. Um, get your coffee and and stay warm. Um, but then you know uh, check on your neighbors today since it's kind of clearing up. But uh, let's pray and uh, we'll get into some time of worship. God, I do thank you. Um, we thank you for this amazing snow that we needed in this valley. God, I thank you that uh, I, I've heard that people are doing okay and, and that the roads are clear here in Big Bear. And, and uh, so we just thank you that you've watched over us. God, I pray your blessing upon each and every person tuning in this morning. Uh, I pray your blessing upon each of us here. Lord, that you would uh, just sustain us, watch over us, God. Um, we pray that as we have this time in, in the word this morning and in worship that uh, you would help our hearts to be t uh, tuned to you, Lord. 
bless this, this time. Um, we need you, God. So fill us with your spirit. Draw us closer to you, Lord, we pray. And uh, as we sing these songs and worship, we just pray that you would um, meet with us right where we're at. Father, and help us to connect with you in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, Henry Cadman's going to lead us in worship this morning. Yeah. 
portion that he is our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if his grace is an ocean we're all sinking so heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest and i don't have time to maintain these regrets when i think about us. 
This uh, song makes me think about this quote from Brennan Manning. And um, it says, God loves us as we are and not as we should be because we will never be as we should be. You know, and it doesn't mean we're not supposed to strive and we're not supposed to grow, but it's, you know, that's the base point of where we start is in his love and absolute uh, acceptance and forgiveness. And so many times I feel like we try to help Jesus, um, but he did a pretty good job, and I don't think he needs our help. And I think I try to help him a lot, but it's silly. It's like a child bringing a drawing to a father, you know, really thinking they did something. And God just loves it because it's from us, not because it's impressive, not because it's brilliant. Thank you, Jesus. Through my veins, 
drowned in perfect love you rescued me so I could stand and sing I am a child of God yeah you split the sea so I could walk right through it my fears are drowned in perfect
when my heart is weary and my soul is weak when it seems i can't traverse the trail before me i survey the glory of your agony and i find the will to fight for what's before me you ran the race, enduring for your glory. I fixed my eyes on you, the founder and the finisher of our faith. I fixed my eyes on you, Solace in your suffering is my strength. As I fight to follow, you're my righteous guide. And you train me to delight in all that's holy. Heal my broken body. Heal my crooked stride. Throw off every weight and sin that clings so closely. Cause I'll run the race, enduring for your glory. I fix my eyes on you. The founder and the finisher of our faith. I fix my eyes on you. The solace in your suffering is my strength. You help me breathe. You're the only life. I need you died for me. You're the only life I need. You help me breathe. You're the only life I need. You Sure. Oh. 
to complicate it because you know we try to make it interesting or impressive or whatever but um, that doesn't work because um, I don't know how interesting and impressive we are <laughs> um, but I thank you for loving us anyway amen I'm, I'm back here in the sound booth for those that are here because I'm going to be showing those at home what they can do with their kids this week. So um, our, our Kid Zone director, Elise, put some things on the website for us, and I'm going to show you how to access that for your kids. She's got a lesson and a couple of things, and so in just a second, we're going to bring that up onto your screen so you can do this. Here we go. Let me drag this over here. And here we go. All right. We want to thank you, Elise, for putting their, your time into this. So if you're watching at home, all you're going to want to do is, if you're uh, not already on the website, you want to go to the website with your kids, uh, which is thejourneychurchbigbear.com. And there's our lovely website is going to pop up. And there it says, no in-person service, Sunday, February 26th. So all of you staying at home got the message. And uh, the rest got the other message that says, hey, we're here if you want to come. Um, but uh, what you want to do is if we come over to ministries here and then drop down to Kids Zone, I'm going to do a little slower, go to ministries and just drag down to Kids Zone and click on it. Um, there's information about the Kids Zone ministry here at the church, um, some different writings and things. But if you scroll down, uh, what we have here is Sunday, February 26th, Snow Day Lesson. And then below that, uh, we have two, two links here. Um, you can click on either one of these links, and it will open up the actual teaching from Elise for the week. I'm going to do that just real quick and see how that comes out. I'm just going to click on it. And there, see, there Elise is going to pop up right there, and, and her lesson starts. So 
That's all you need to do to do that. You can do it on the YouTube is probably the easier one. The other one also works. Uh, that's um, on this, uh, this link here. So then you can, there are some scriptures, but uh, here is the actual, uh, looks like the lesson. And, oops. Yeah, yeah, so, so she'll explain everything there. There's a couple scriptures and the link to watch. So the kids can get around the, the computer later and have a lesson from Miss Elise. All right, that's what I wanted to show you on that. That is it. Isn't that exciting? In case you didn't know, this is a website. Uh, since we're here, um, we will be, you know, you can still give from home. You can click over to the giving side of the app at the very top of, of the dropdown. And when you click on it, it will open up. Uh, this next page, and then you just simply gives why we give and how to give, text to give if you want to do it that way, or you can click here and give online. And so that's, uh, that's how you can do that at home. If you're on Facebook, you can go to the website there and do it this way, thejourneychurchbigbear.com. Anyways, um, that is about it. Uh, and I'm going to head back up front, and I'm going to switch over. All right. Look at that. All these people bound in their houses said, let's get out. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, Sam, would you bring my little coffee there? And, um, and just wanted to announce, so obviously we're not going to have our, um, our meeting today because we knew that if we tried to do it, we'd probably end up with 12 members and then we'd have to reschedule it anyways because we have to have a quorum. And we didn't want to make all of you try to figure out how to do a Zoom meeting because uh, that would just be mean. And so uh, we are going to have our, our annual meeting next Sunday. Uh, right after church, we're going to do the same thing. So if you were asked to bring food and do all that, just plan for that next week. And uh, we'll, we'll do it right after church. We'll have lunch, and then we'll have our meeting, and, and we'll do that. If you cannot make next week... Connect with me this week, and I will walk you through how to do the Zoom meeting. You can do it via Zoom, including if you're here right now. Uh, if you can't be in person, we do need to have a quorum, which is 50% of the membership. And this is for the members of the church, not just for uh, uh, visitors. You can definitely come and see what we do. It's not a closed meeting. There's no secret handshakes or anything like that to be a part. Uh, but you can only vote if you are a member, and we, want it. we need to get our budget approved and so we can continue to do uh, business including paying all the people to plow the parking lot which is beautiful out there isn't it yeah, and this morning somebody sh showed up again to you know, do the rest of our shoveling there was just a few more inches and when we got here this morning there was a an angel in disguise with a shovel and he got the rest of it all shoveled out and then went over and shoveled out Anita too so if you are snowed in and don't have a way to shovel out, uh, please notify the Helping Hands or myself or one of the elders or deacons. Yeah, so far so good, um, but I think some people might have been waiting till today. So also, if you are an able-bodied person, I encourage you as a believer uh, today and tomorrow to be looking for those people um, who might have been snowed in and uh, who couldn't get out even a store run for some people. Uh, they might, well, I, I, I'm okay, but I need food at this point, and I don't know if there's any food left at the stores. Uh, they, they, nobody's getting up or down unless somebody's heard different. All three roads are still closed. So this is when we as Christians shine. 
uh, we need to care for one another. Um, we need to care for the believers, but also it's a great opportunity to love, uh, love a neighbor who doesn't know Jesus and love them in Jesus' name. So that's, that's uh, kind of it. Um, that's what's happening this week. Another storm rolling around this week. So um, we'll, we'll let you know about Tuesday night youth group. Uh, Jesse will make that decision Tuesday. And then there's the uh, concert also. Some of you uh, parents and, and youth might be wondering, are we going to still go to the concert on Friday night? We're down at, uh, I think it's the Packing House. Um, we're going to wait until, you know, uh, Friday to, to make that determination. Um, the tickets are already bought, so um, they're not going to cancel the concert for us. So we're going to wait until the last second. And, uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll, but uh, there may be even additional tickets, especially if some of the kids can't make it now with the snow. Um, Mick? Lance, any other announcements? Tell me more about the packing house concert. Um, it, I don't know. My, I can't even remember who's, who, Shannon, who's playing. Who, who are we going to see? Danny Gokey. Danny Gokey. And, uh, yeah, so I'll give some more information afterwards. But, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's going to be a good time. They have a lot of concerts down there. I've got, yeah. Rob, the Jesus Revolution is playing at, uh, up here. Right, thank you. Make that was one of the things I want to talk about. The movie Jesus Revolution. Uh, make sure you see that. We're going today, I think. Is that correct? At three thirty. Three thirty. We're going. Our, a part of our group. We're at the local theater. You want to see this movie? Uh, I encourage you to see it. Um, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of things with uh, even with uh, um, uh, this morning or last night. I was watching something with Greg Laurie about about it and with with Lonnie Frisbee, and it's great. I mean, he was talking the truth. I mean. You know, you go see the movie uh, to see what this whole Jesus movement was, if you don't know. And some of you actually lived through it. Some of you got saved during it. Um, so I'm excited to go. I spent a lot of time with, uh, in my life, uh, spent a lot of outreaches with Chuck Gerard, who was Love Song. And so I, I feel like I went through the Jesus uh, movement because of all the stories I heard from people like that. And so um, definitely go out and get see that. And if we all go today, you know, we can bless them and be there together at 3.30. At least until Thursday. Yeah, unless we put so much pressure on them, but we'd have to like buy out the theater on Friday, probably make it stay. Um, but praise the Lord, it's here. Yeah, so go, so go check that out. One other quick announcement: uh, someone has to come and just say hi. Yeah. <laughs> hi. <laughs> I am home, and yes, I'm very excited. I've seen some people. I'm very excited to see everybody next week, and I will be sharing next week. So if you want to hear my stories, I probably won't tell them again. So <laughs> you should come next week. <laughs> Thank you, Madeline. Thank you. She came home just in time to help shovel, which, uh, yeah. We've been doing, as you guys have been doing, a lot of shoveling this week, and uh, but we're we're pretty good. All right. Hey, Amen. So so if you're if you're watching online and you're on Facebook, you can chat with each other and let us know that you're watching. And and it, you know, we haven't figured that one out on the website. So if anyone's got savvy, there's a way to do that on our website as well. On that, uh, we'd love some help so that there could be some chats that go on there. Um, that way, you can connect with each other or let us know. Um, of course, on our website, uh, this should have watched, walked you through this. There's a place for prayer requests on our website. If you're, you you want to send that in, send that in. We'll pray for you, praise reports, um, things like that. 
And uh, again, since we should have you know, reminded you at the beginning of all this, but if you're going to be home for a few more days, right now media is on the website. Lots of resources, lots of uh, Bible studies and teaching videos. Right now media, all of you, uh, you can register there, get a free account. The church provides that for you to, to grow in your walk with the Lord. Amen. All right, let's get into the Word. Wow, this is kind of nice. You can get a little group here. Pat was the first one here, and he's like, wow, man, <laughs> that was just him. <laughs> this morning, I want to take a little break from uh, 1 Corinthians, and uh, j just wanted to share a little bit um, out of the scriptures. And, and so, uh, in fact, the last song we did when, uh, when Henry volunteered to do some songs for us this morning in worship... Um, he, he gave me a couple songs, and I said, well, you know, how about one more? And he said, well, what about the song, Fix, uh, Fix My Eyes? And I'm like, I think that might be a God thing, because the title of my message today is Fix Your Eyes Upon Jesus. So um, that was awesome, and uh, I hadn't heard that song, um, so it was great. Uh, the words are really good. We might even put the words back up. But um, here, here's a quote for you. Here, you all like quotes? So here's one this morning. Um, well, let me pray first. Father, as, as we go into this time in the, in the Word and studying, just bless our, our, our time. Uh, again, encourage us, help us to grow. And, and I pray, Lord, especially today that uh, each of us would be challenged and encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this, this is a great quote. We always, we're always looking for uh, encouraging quotes, right? Well, this is, hopefully this will encourage you. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. That is a quote from Jesus. And, uh, and, you know, that's like, that is not the thing you want to put on a motivational cup or something, you know. In this life, you'll have trouble. Um, but Jesus said that to us in John 16, 33. And that portion of Scripture, John 14, 15, 16, I encourage you to read it. Go through it. Uh, it's, it's really Jesus' deathbed declaration, if you will. If you think about it, uh, the, John 14, 15, 16 is after that last supper with the disciples. And he takes them out and he walks along the vineyard and he starts teaching them into uh, this small group that just had dinner with him. So it's just the disciples. Jesus did a lot of his teaching to masses and then he would take the disciples aside and explain the parables and different things. This teaching, it was just him and his disciples. So he's talking to his disciples. So in a sense, he's talking to us in these, in these passages, John 14, 15, and 16. And you really hear the heart, and he's trying to help us to understand, and that's where we're going to spend a little bit of time, and I've got a lot of scriptures this morning. And so, uh, but when he says, in this world you will have trouble, there's a little bit more. We'll read the rest of the verse in a bit. I think, well, thank you, Lord, for that encouraging quote. You know, thank you for those encouraging words, Lord. Um, the, you know, uh, Mark Johnson, who we all know, uh, you know, uh, our friend, our old worship leader, a missionary in Minnesota, he and his wife, Jana Lee, he always just says, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, well, thank you for those kind words. Um, and that's one of these things. Wow, what's, what's he talking about? Well, truer words haven't been spoken. You know, they, those words are, are true. And, of course, all of Jesus' words are true. But his words... In this world, you will have trouble are true. Now, not every moment, but in this world, you'll have trouble. Not even every day, 
you might have gotten through a whole day in your life without any trouble. I don't know if you've gotten more than a day or two without any trouble. Honestly, I don't know if I have, um, but we have trouble. Some people, uh, now some people have such an outlook on life that they might say, I've never really had any trouble at all. I, I've met them. I feel that way myself most. I'm like, I really haven't had much trouble. But what I think that, that people who say those things are saying is, I survived the trouble. I survived. I, I learned. I learned by the trouble that I had. Or I grew through the trouble I had. Um, some people mean that compared to the glory to God in his, in his blessings, I haven't had any trouble. Um, I grew. Uh, I'm not dwelling. I'm not going to dwell on the trouble that I've had. But rest assured, even the people who said, no, I've never really had any trouble in my life, they've had trouble. Because that is what this life brings, and, and Jesus promised it too. In this world, you will have trouble at different times, in different moments, and in different ways. Trouble will come upon us all. Now, how can I say that so surely? I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, obviously, I don't think we'd really disagree with it, but there might be a few of you out there going, no, it's it really, uh, just really haven't had any trouble. Or people, some people, some people just don't have trouble. There has not been a baby born who didn't cry, whimper, or fuss. Ever. And why? Because they were hungry, they were tired, or they needed their diaper changed. Now, when you can't do any of those things by yourself, you've got trouble. <laughs> I mean, it's simple. I mean, from the moment we're born, we're born into trouble. And, and you've never had a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a, an eight or a 10 or 12-year-old who didn't come up to you with the biggest trouble of their life. Their Star Wars toy broke. Well, that was what my trouble was when I was young. Um, you know, it, but something happened, you know, their, their bicycle got a flat or something. And in that moment, they're having trouble. As good parents, we've never looked at them and hopefully didn't look at them and say, ah, that's not trouble. Let me, let me show you what trouble is. Because in, in the moment, no matter what age you are, no matter what you're going through, whatever you're going through is trouble. If it's difficult, it's trouble. And you might be on the outside. We might be on the outside sometimes looking at that going, why are you so upset? And I'm not going to ask for a you know, show of hands here. You can do it at home because then you're all alone. But, but has that ever been you where you're talking to somebody and you're like, I have no idea what all this fuss is about. Why are you so vexed about the trouble you're in? Until you're having the trouble. Because what, what the truth is, is that we experience trouble in different ways, and for different reasons, we become overwhelmed. Uh, I can react, overreact to little things sometimes. I think it's a, a man thing, a dad thing maybe, but overreact to simple things. And later on, I feel really silly about it. In the moment, I'm having trouble. You follow? And, and yes, we want to grow through those and try to attack them better, and maybe we will. But while we're going through it, it's trouble. And so we're talking about those things today a little bit and, and how we get through some trouble and, and understand that Jesus knew that we were going to have trouble, and some trouble is bigger than others, and some may seem small, but the, 
the moment that we're going through it, it's difficult. So, as I said, Jesus was talking to his disciples in John 16. So it's important to get that um, background and understanding. He's not talking to just everybody. He's trying to really connect with us to say, hey, I'm about to go. And I don't want to, I really don't want to put thoughts and uh, words in Jesus' mouth that he didn't say. But I've always thought that he's kind of telling us some, some other things, like he knows us. And I think it's possible that he was saying, you thought something was going to happen with me. You were hoping I was the Messiah who was going to rescue you from Rome. And from the discussions we've had in the scriptures and from the, the things that we read in the scriptures about Jesus and his disciples, you know, his disciples, you know, James and John, they're like, hey, when you get to your kingdom, can I be one of us on your right and one of us on your left? They were looking for that, that thing. What are we going to get out of this whole kingdom thing, this Messiah thing? They, they were unaware of what was about to happen. And so part of this, John 14, 15, 16, is Jesus talking to us, to us, because we're his disciples. So this message is for us. If you're a believer this morning, um, these words are for, for you as, as a believer, this whole section, uh, that trouble is, is part of this deal. But I think part of what he was saying is, you're about to find out that a lot of your hopes are, are going to be dashed because this isn't going the way you thought. Even though he kept telling him, the Son of Man is going to be handed over. And, and, and he's going to be crucified. And, and uh, they're still not quite, quite getting it, so he's preparing them. And then he also knows what's coming. Christianity would grow. As Christianity grew, more opposition would actually arise, not less. The early Christians faced a lot of adversity. And so Jesus is, is preparing them. John 16, 33. Let me get a little bit more in context here. And I love it, his disciples in verse 29 say, Oh, now you're speaking plainly, and you're not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Do you hear a tone in there? I, I, I hear a tone. Finally, do you now believe? And I think he's like, You don't even believe yet. You don't even quite get it yet. And, and that's all of us, I believe. That's just really how... Our life is not until we see him face to face will we fully get it. He says, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Now he says, verse 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble or tribulation, what this version says. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In me, you're going to have peace, but in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. That's the message for us today is, hey, whatever you're going through, he, he, he's not diminishing it. Yeah, there's trouble, and, and you're going to have it, but you can have peace in me. You can have peace in me. Hebrews 12.2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's exactly what we want to do. We want to fix our eyes on Him as we go through problems, as we go through trouble. Fix our eyes on Him. Fix our eyes on His Word 
and know Him and know His Word. I've ta been talking a lot uh, in my family and, and individual conversations and a little bit here uh, from the pulpit and definitely at the church with different leaders. It is so important that we have a good theology, a good, sound theology. And I'll tell you, when I was young, I loved Jesus with all my heart. And people would talk about theology. And I'd say, we don't need theology. We just need more of Jesus. The problem is I didn't understand what I was talking about. I was an idiot. Really. I, I had no idea what I was saying. Because theology really is your understanding of who God is, of how God works, and, and, and what he does and why he does what he does. It's, it's not about, you know, knowing certain things and just having all this head knowledge. It's, it's, it's your view of how God works. Well, everybody, everybody has a theology on God, including if their theology is that there is no God. So they believe that God does nothing and that everything happens by happenstance. Every one of you here, everyone watching this has a theology. And it's important that it's based on truth, which is only found in the Word of God. We need to have this. Jesus said we'll have trouble. But we need to fix our eyes on Jesus and understand who He is. The disciples, as I was talking about a minute ago, a minute ago the reason they were having an issue understanding Him is because their theology was wrong. They were expecting Him to come and bring in a kingdom uh, that was going to be on earth. They were expecting that they would be part of this cool, you know, the in, in, the in group who was going to be part of the reigning group with Christ. And so their theology was wrong, and it was causing them to think certain things, to act certain ways. Same thing happens for us. Some people believe that if you have enough faith, you won't go through any problems on this earth. If you have enough faith, everybody can be healed all the time just by naming it, just by praying for it. In heaven, that's the, that's the case. But on this earth, by reading the scriptures, I think it's plain to see that Jesus didn't heal everybody, that we still go through difficulties, and it's not always because of lack of faith. Because he didn't tell us here, those of you who don't have enough faith will have trouble. He said, you're going to have trouble. You know, as I was thinking, even uh, right now, what are the troubles that are, are around us? War, threats of war, earthquakes, be praying for the people in, in Turkey and Syria, I mean, devastating. Blizzards, you know, I don't know if that if caused any trouble for you, but it, it causes some trouble for some people. Uh, inflation, that's causing some troubles. Um, we're, we're watching a huge shift in morality, huge shift. In the last, I mean, it's been a, it's been a slippery slope, but I feel like we're, we're like falling off a cliff at this point. Morality has changed radically. Freedoms and rights um, are being challenged. Um, that's, that's bringing troubles. Um, regular issues are still bringing troubles. Car payments, mortgage payments, health insurance, not having health insurance, health issues. You know, it wasn't long ago I had a big trouble. You know, I had a, I had a massive heart attack and surgery, and that was caused some trouble. Uh, some of us have family problems, marital difficulties. We're all navigating all of these troubles, and how do we navigate all of this? I'm going to throw some things in that aren't 
uh, necessarily troubles, but could even become troubles depending on how we look at it. The revival in Kentucky. If, if you haven't been following that, it's, a, it's awesome. Asbury. Uh, at Asbury College, it's exciting what's happening with these young people getting uh, excited about Jesus. And so how do we navigate uh, even the good things, uh, the things that seem positive or are positive, the things that are negative? Um, how do we navigate it? We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to make sure that we are continually putting our focus and faith in Christ. We have so many distractions around us. Um, you know, social media has brought in, uh, you know, things for some people, you know, uh, you hear conversations or you see it online, you know, oh, did you see who, who John's dating now? You know, oh, he posted a picture. I can't believe that he's with her. Did you see the post about Lori having a baby? Uh, did, can, can you believe what Chris did on Facebook last week? You know, a whole nether part of life is just dumped on so many people's life. How do we navigate any of that? Everybody has a good life except me. Everybody has a good life. Everyone's going on vacation. Everyone went to Disneyland last week. Everyone. I saw it on social media. <laughs> There's so much um, in this life vying for our attention. And, and it's increasing. It's, in, it's increasing. I, I have a confession that's horrible. It's, it's not a sin confession, but it makes me feel horrible. Sometimes I'll be watching a, a show or a movie, and I get bored in, the, in watching it, and I pick up my phone and I start scrolling. Now, some of you are like, man, really? But I, I'm going to guarantee you there is a whole bunch of people that are doing the same thing. Or, or I'll play a game. I'm watching a movie, and I'll start playing solitaire or something. Why? Because I have given in to this thing of quick, quick, quick information. These things are, are bad for our, every part of our life, but it's, part, it's also bad for our spirituality. We're always looking. We're, all these things are trying to get our attention, screaming at us at times, look at me, look at me. We are in a constant battle, church, to... In, and the battle is to try not to be consumed by all of these things, not be consumed by them, uh, not to be distracted and detoured from the important things in life. And, and truly the important things in life are the eternal things in life. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He set us an example on how to live uh, our life on this great blue and green round thing floating in the middle of space. You know, I mean, he, he gave us examples of the types of things to be concerned with and focused on. He, Jesus, you know, I don't know if you're watching The Chosen. It's really neat to watch The Chosen. Be careful to not make it the Bible. And, and you know, this is somebody's interpretation. It's like, kind of like another version of the Bible. We should refer to it as the chosen version. It's a version, uh, uh, and it's somebody's understanding of it. It's really like a whole bunch of sermons, um, and they're great. But it's neat to see the disciples, the apostles, the people who followed him, the people against him. It humanizes even the bad ones. Uh, uh, season three, we get to meet Judas. And you're like, I don't know about you, but I'm struggling with Judas because I like him. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not supposed to like him. 
he's the villain, or he is, was he the one who is deceived and follows, falls away? Uh, it, you know, it, it humanizes, and it sees Jesus, and, and, it, and it puts the human side of Jesus. And I, I think some people might have a problem when I say it humanizes Jesus, but the truth is Jesus was fully human and fully God. So he walked on the earth. He had friends. I think some of the people around him bugged him. I, I, I just do. Uh, but the difference is, is he knew how to love them and deal with them in a better way. Uh, being perfect didn't mean that, that he, you know, I read the scriptures about God and us. Sometimes you feel like, wow, God, it sounds like we're bugging you. Yeah, I think we do. But he deals with us well. Um, he, he slept. He ate. He got hungry. The, this is right in the Bible, right? He fasted, and then it says, and he was hungry after not eating for 40 days. Man, I'm a, I'm a lot. I'm hungry after not eating for 40 minutes. Um, 100% human, 100% God. And, and he taught us that he can only do what he sees the Father doing. In John 5, right? He says, I only do that which I see the Father doing. He fixed his eyes on the Father. And he was in tune with God. And so he was always wanting to uh, keep his eyes fixed on God. Um, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. Now, he is God, so I'm not going to say that he could have sinned, but he was tempted to sin. And he felt tempted to sin. So what did he do? He fixed his eyes on God, on the Father. The full verse in, in Hebrews 12 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The cross was trouble for him. He endured the trouble because of the joy set before him. He scorned its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus gave us the example to that we need to work at following. When we allow ourselves to be distracted or detoured, we get our eyes off of God. The moment we get our eyes off of God, we begin to struggle. Sometimes we don't recognize our struggles. The moment we get our eyes off of God, we begin to listen to other voices and follow other examples. When we're not following the Lord closely in the Word, through prayer, with other believers, godly believers, biblical people, we start hearing other voices and we start following them. Uh, and we have to be very careful. Go with me to 2 Timothy 2.4 if, you, if you've got your Bible. Again, I said we'll have a, a few scriptures uh, through this morning, more than normal. You know, the Bible gives a lot of uh, pictures of who we are. We're sheep. Uh, we're the bride of Christ. We're a family. Um, one of the things it says that we're soldiers. We're in the, in the Lord's army. So verse 4 says, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Don't 
be entangled with civilian affairs. Don't be entangled with the things of this world. The scriptures teach us that we live in the world, but we're not of the world, which is really difficult to navigate. Uh, I was honestly thinking of you just, just you know, now, Ken, as, as your faith is growing so much, you have to learn new patterns of how to do business. You have to, we, as we come to Christ, especially if you come to Christ as an adult and have lived a, a long time doing the life the way the world does it, you come to Christ, and often it's the opposite spirit. It's not get everything you can before you die. It's, it's serve Him with what you have and, and uh, give to the Lord and, and give to others um, that we still have godly principles in business. We don't ever want to be people who are Christians only on Sunday and the rest of the week we live like the rest of the world. So 2 Timothy says, don't be entangled in the affairs of uh, the world. 2 Corinthians 4 says uh, this, it says, uh, talks about our, our struggles. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. It's 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. So I don't feel renewed day by day, always. So some days I'm, I, feel, I feel like my inwards are, are wasting away even sometimes. But, but you know, our, our outside is wasting away. So what does that mean? Our, our inward is being renewed day by day. We're, it, we're in, the, in the Word, but we're in the Lord, and, and we're getting closer and closer to heaven. You know one of the signs I think that we can tell that we're being kind of renewed day by day? As people are, get older, and, and I, I am one of them now. No. One of, the, one of the commonalities in us, you know, I got, Pat and I are kind of in the, about the same age, and we got, we got Henry and Sherry, we're all, all in that, this, this age group. I don't know if it's happened for you, but when I was young, I didn't really look forward to heaven much. And I can confess that, and I think most young people don't. And, and as you get older, you can, we kind of look down on those young people. Why, why aren't you just loving, God, you loving heaven and getting ready for, for heaven? When I was younger, I loved Jesus. Eventually, I wanted to go there, but I had stuff to do. And I was not one of the a young person just says, I just can't wait to get to heaven. As I'm getting older, I'm getting more and more excited about heaven. And, and I see that in people sometimes as they get older and older, they're just like, I am done. I'm done. I'm ready to go. And, it's, and, you know, and then they have to kind of talk to their kids and their grandkids and stuff like, it's not you. <laughs> It's really, it's not you. It's not that I don't love you. It's just what happened. Your inward has been renewed so much that you actually see eternity in a different realm. Uh, if you've, well, Susie can relate with this and, and uh, people, you know, who are watching, if, if you've worked with people who are dying, a couple of weeks often before somebody passes away, they start having visions. And I don't understand this. So that's what you watch in a Facebook thing about this recently. Uh, YouTube or something, but uh, about it was a hospice person, and they were talking about the visions and, that people have. They start seeing loved ones, and sometimes the loved ones are saying things like, it's okay, we're waiting for you. And I don't know what to do with that. You know, I've always kind of thought, well, that's not of God, but I'm like, I just don't know enough to say, are they getting to the point where they're beginning to see eternity? And are they seeing something different? And 
our inwards begins to be renewed because we're close to the Lord. Then verse 17 says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what on, on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And this is a powerful scripture. You all, all of us should have this in our heart, in our brain, um, that we don't lose heart. We're wasting away, but our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Here's one of the issues, the human side is, is I'm always just very real, is we go, yeah, but my, my problems are not light, and my problems, my troubles, they're not momentary. They're not momentary. I mean, I, I've got diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, something that's permanent, that's permanent. It's going to be with you until you die. You, you get your leg chopped off. It's not a momentary problem. Paul wrote this. Paul was shipwrecked, beaten 39 times, three times. He was facing death, faced the lions, knew that he would die, and he did. Paul's the one who wrote this. So he's not talking about, this isn't some uh, faith preacher or just somebody who had a really blessed life, and there are people who just really seem like they get through life mostly unscathed. I hate them. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, they're, they're, they, you just go, wow, I just, you know, that's not, that wasn't Paul. That wasn't Paul. Paul actually had a lot of struggles, a lot of trouble, but he had them in, in perspective. He said, we don't lose heart. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. That's the secret. He knew that what was coming outweighed the trouble. That's what we have to, to work toward. You know, we get caught up in this world and we, we get really worried about things and it's hard not to. You know, what's going to happen in our life? What's going to happen in the nation? Um, I remember, honestly, when, when the first week when COVID came out, I thought, is this like a zombie apocalypse? I was really a little concerned. I thought, is this going to, I mean, is this going to kill like half of the people in Big Bear? And I mean, I was, you know, it didn't take long to realize it wasn't, but I was worried. And I had to work through that and come to say, even if that happens, I'm going to heaven. And, and in the new Jerusalem, on the new earth, when, when everything is, is restored, there won't be any death and there won't be any sickness and there won't be uh, any, any sin. You know, it's going to be amazing. And so compared to that... Yeah, everything down here is just light and momentary. Giving birth, I've heard, is, is one of the most painful things. I think I actually heard breaking your femur is like the most painful thing there is, someone said. I don't know. They said it's one of the most painful actual acts. I've never had a femur broken. But giving birth is up there, right? Uh, you know, the kidney stones, there's a number of things that really hurt a lot. But giving birth is a good one. Painful. Like, moms say things like, do I really have to do that? You know, some moms go, can I just go home? <laughs> it hurts. And yet the baby comes. And they love the baby so much. And, the, and, and life brings so much joy to mom that a year or two later she's all, let's do it again. 
you, there's something in a woman that can do that because if it were men who had to give birth, nobody would ever have more than one child. I'm, it, we would have died. I mean, one <laughs> child at the most. And, and, and then they go back and they have their second baby and they're like, what am I doing here again? It's kind of like when I go on a roller coaster. I don't like the high things that drop. I love them and I hate them. And every time I get to the top of one of those like you know drops, I'm like, what am I doing? I hate this. Ah! And then I do it again. Uh, why? And I know it sounds silly, and 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 the, the, not the baby thing. That's that's. But why does that happen? Because the joy, in comparison, the pain is okay. So if we can fix our eyes on Jesus, stay close to Him, and try to get that perspective, it helps us to weather through this. And part of that, and, and this, I can't, I don't really have time to really preach the message on on theology. So I'm going to do that again. But part of that is we need to have a good understanding of God. And and I want to apologize to anybody here who, or anyone who's listening, who was ever taught that if they just have enough faith, nothing bad's going to happen or anything similar to that. I've watched so many people fall away because when bad things happen, they feel like they're not doing it right. Or, or, or people who, who say, if you just do good enough, you know, if you do good enough, God will protect you from all the bad stuff. I wish it was true. If, if, you, if you give your tithes, you're never going to ever worry about money. Well, we worry about it because we have a, a wrong understanding, but we still worry. He actually does provide. I have, I have never gone hungry. I've always had at the end what I needed. But if we don't have an understanding, a good view of God. So that's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes. Remember, He is the Word, so we need to be in the Word and to receive that comfort, to receive that encouragement from Him. Deuteronomy 4.29, Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if, if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him if you look for Him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you're in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey Him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your forefathers, which He confirmed to them by oath. Now, there's a couple men in here, and really I'll, I, we, we may not be ready to admit this, so I'll talk to the wives online and here this morning. Um, have you ever figured out what, what it is with men we can't find what we're looking for? If you ever do, let me... Let, you know, give me the thing. But, you know, us men, we cannot find, we can find houses, directions, we'll get there. There is something in most men, we don't get lost on streets, but we get lost on the way to the cupboard because we get to the cupboard and we can't find what we're looking for. And we're like, it's not here, honey. And they're like, it's on the third shelf next to the corn. It's not there. It's, it's somebody must, and they walk up to the cupboard, they go to the third shelf next to the corn and they pick it off the cupboard. And if, if you are not a man who does that, we got to talk because i got to find out what your secret is. Most of us do that. Most of us do that. Now, I have determined one of the reasons that we do that. When you are looking for something, in your mind, you picture it. You picture what it looks like. You picture the color, the shape, 
where it is, whatever it is. You're, 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 you, a lot of it, at least men do this. We kind of picture what we're doing. So when it appears in a different shape, form, color, you can't see it because you're looking for something else. Now, you think you're looking for the flower. Often, go back and check to see if I'm wrong. Often when they pull that off, you're like, oh, that's not, in your mind, you're probably like, oh, I thought it looked different than that. That's why you didn't find it. That's why you didn't find it. Uh, sometimes context will do that. You know, you meet somebody that you know, some, you know at, the, at the gym and you see them at the store, you don't recognize them. I don't know if that ever happened to you. Wrong context. Why do I say that? Deuteronomy 4 says this, If from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him if you look for Him with all your heart and with all your soul. You know why people don't find God? They're looking for the wrong thing. They think they know what God looks like, and so they're looking for that. But they're missing His shape, His color, His form, His context. That's why all these people are like, I looked for God, I couldn't find Him. No, you were looking for what you wanted to look for. You were looking for what you thought he looked like. We need to look for him and truly who he is. And we only truly know who he is because he reveals himself through his word. We have to be very familiar with this word. Otherwise, we're going to be looking for the wrong things. And that's why some people think they have God. They've kind of made a God. They've made him into their image. In the beginning, God says, let us make man in our image. Then God, man says, let us make God in our image. You know, the, the, what kind of God? Why don't you go to that church? I don't like the way they teach. I don't like the way they preach. You know, it doesn't make me feel good. Danger. We need to be in the Word, people of the Word, listening to the, to the Word. Now, some churches don't preach the Word, so, uh, you know, avoid those. What does God look like? Who is God? You will find Him when you seek Him. And sometimes we have to go, okay, I'm going to stop looking for what I want to look for and say, God, I need you in whatever you look like. I need you even if you're going to walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death rather than rescue me from the valley of the shadow of death. Some people don't want God because... They, they want God to rescue him. And, and, and God, the Bible teaches that sometimes God rescues people from the valley of the shadow of death, and other times he says, though you walk through the valley, I will be with you. And we have to be okay with that as well. We have to seek him, fix our eyes with all of our heart. Jeremiah 29, uh, of course, we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, great verse. Don't, don't ever, when you memorize a verse, great to memorize that, but go a little bit before, go a little bit after, figure out what the context is. There might be some rich things there after that. Uh, and, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you hope and a future, not to harm you. Two verses later it says, but you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, we want to put these promises on us sometimes. You know, I love that. He's just gonna he's just gonna be so good to me. He's just he says, but you're excuse me, you're gonna seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that's one of the difficulties we have in this world, as so many things are seeking for our attention. We're not always seeking him with all of our heart. 
And, and that's between you and the Lord is to say, Lord, help me. Are there things that are creeping in, worries or, or hobbies or things that can be good, but I've made them, uh, I've elevated them above you? And it's not the amount of time you spend doing it necessarily, because obviously if it was the amount of time, then we, all of us would be guilty of, of loving sleep more than God. Because we sleep, I'm sure we spend more hours sleeping than reading the Bible. Um, but, but things that we value and put above Him. Seek Him with all of your heart. Uh, I want to encourage you to, to look at your life and think about what is the difference between looking to Jesus and looking at Jesus. Looking to Jesus and looking at Jesus. Do I just look at Jesus and go, oh, it's like... Oh, that's wonderful. That's, oh, it's so pretty. The mountains are pretty. You look at the mountains. When you look to Jesus, you are looking for Him to be your strength, looking to Him to be your, your help, looking to Him to be your friend. And some people, and I am, I am some people in this, we can become very self-sufficient. So it's hard to look to Jesus. It's, it's much easier for some people to solve their problems and, and look to ourselves for different reasons rather than looking to Jesus. I mean, look at Him, but I think we're supposed to look to Jesus. Look to Him. Um, in Matthew 14, we know the story. Peter was walking on water. He didn't have any trouble until he took his eyes off of Jesus. He took his eyes off of Jesus and he looked at the wave, but it wasn't just seeing the wave he allowed, he looked to the wave for his security. And he went, that wave's not going to give me security. And he sank. Because I think that he could have been looking to Jesus to be his security, looked over, went, went to that wave and went, Jesus, you're still good. I'm going to still make it, aren't I? But he stopped looking to Jesus. He, he didn't, wasn't just his sight. We can be in the world and look at all the troubles around and still be looking to Jesus for our security. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not the problems. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not our bills. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not religion. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not the church. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not the miracles. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not the pastor. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not our spouse. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not on our savings account. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not on our lack of a savings account. <laughs> Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not our ministry. Focus, look to Him. It means we're, we're going to rely on Him. We're going to put our, our weight on Him, if you will. Things in life change, troubles come, but Jesus, He remains faithful in the same. Styles change. Jesus never does. 
We're having that conversation, Shannon and I, this morning, you know, navigating and trying to still look contemporary, something that I, 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 I struggle with or, you know, I, I, I want to look good. And I go, is, have we changed styles again yet? You know, when I was young, uh, the, the popular kids, they folded up their pant leg bottoms and then they rolled them up three times. You know, it was a style. I'm like, I'm glad that style died. <laughs> you remember that one, Pat? <laughs> did you do it? Yeah. You did. Yeah, penny shoe. Oh, yeah. You put the penny shoe. Then it went away. Then it kind of became gay. You know, sorry to say that. Oh, you know, literally sometimes. Oh, they couldn't do that anymore. And then now it's like, is that coming back? Because I'll go one for some of you a little bit older than us. Bell bottoms? Right? Bell bottoms were in. And then they were out for high school for, I mean, by the time, they, they were in like my, my, you know, elementary, but by junior high and high school, man, bell bottoms, no way. No way. Every once in a while, somebody wondering, like, what are you doing? They're back. It's back. Styles change, but you know who stayed constant the whole time? Jesus. We can't keep up with styles. In fact, now styles change like every couple of years. Things are like, oh, what's our fads already? Glasses, big glasses, small glasses, back to big glasses. Our paychecks change. Jesus doesn't. Your job, churches change, but Jesus doesn't change. Your pastor sometimes changes. You get a new pastor, but Jesus, he doesn't. As we get older, our bodies change. Thank God, Jesus never changes. You know, what's interesting is our minds have changed over the years about Jesus, about God, about the Word, but Jesus actually never did any changing. He's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change. It's good to be able to put your faith and trust in someone, in something, faith, and in someone, Jesus God, who doesn't change. I don't know about you, but there's something about going home to mom or grandma that you like. And part of that is that when you go there, it just hasn't changed. In fact, a lot of kids and, 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 and grandkids have been upset when their parents or their grandparents have in later in life moved. They get, they get really angry. I don't know if you've seen that. Maybe it was you. You're like, what are you doing, Mom? You can't sell the house. Our kids have already threatened us. You can never sell this house. I'm like, why not? Because they don't want it to change. They, we all want that place to go back to. God never changes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, when I was young in the faith, it came right out of the, out of the scriptural, uh, but we used to sing a song, build your house on the rock. Do you guys remember singing that? Oh man, that was an old song. Build your house on the rock. That's what we need to do. That's what the Bible teaches us to do, is to build our foundation, our, our faith on the rock of Christ who does not change. Fix our eyes on Him. We can't look 
to the things that we, we think we can. You know, and, and this is a sad one for me. We can't look to our government. You know, there was a time in our life we had faith. We had faith in the flag. We had faith in the government. We had faith in the institution. We had faith in, I don't even know what it was, but we're like, man, and anymore, you're like, I don't even, <sighs> it's one of the reasons we're in a turmoil in this nation is because we, that should have represented something and it doesn't anymore, and we don't know what we can do anymore. We, what I'm saying is we can't look to that anyways. We never really could. God is, is the only place that we can put our faith in, and we may go through troubles. In fact, we will have troubles in this world. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Oh, how sweet it would be if we could really live with that thought of, what can you do to me? What can you really do to me? You can take it all away. I don't know if you saw, read the book or saw the movie, The Cross and the Switchblade. David Wilkerson and... and uh, Nikki Cruz, yeah, it was just got there. I actually saw David both in person at, at the Times Square Church in New York um, one, one time. It was really cool to see them both together. It was the first time they'd been back together in that church since they departed. Anyways, in the, in the book, in the movie, one of the things David Wilkerson told Nikki Cruz, he says, because he was threatened to cut him, cut him up, he says, you can cut me into a thousand pieces, and every piece will tell you, I love you. You know, if we could... We should aspire and pray, Lord, help me to have such an attitude that says, no matter what man does to me, I'm going to praise you. No matter what bad things happen, I'm, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm, I'm, you know, help me not to, to question you. He's big enough to, to be okay when we question him. He doesn't disown us. Job questioned him. And, and he, he corrects him, but he still loved him. But... Strive to say, Lord, help me not to question you. Help me to put my faith in you and know that you're good even when life is hard and life doesn't seem good. Help me to build my house on the rock. Help me to, fire, help me to follow the cloud and the fire through the wilderness, keeping my eye on you no matter what is happening around here. Help me to be that Peter who's keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus that's where we need to be. Surround us. Surround yourself. Let us surround ourselves with people who help us to focus on Him. Not to just correct us. Sometimes you just need someone to listen and, and love you, but, but encourage us and by their example to keep focusing on Jesus. Um, amen? Amen. Hey, let's, let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do not change. We thank you that we can seek you and find you when we seek you with all of our heart. Help us to be looking for you, for the right God, not the God to fit our desires, but the God who is true, immovable, unshakable, the only wise God as the scriptures say. Father, I pray that each person today would be encouraged in their spirit to, to, to just know that no matter what happens, we're okay. God, that in this world you never leave us and you don't forsake us. 
God, there are times that you will pour out natural blessings on this earth of finances and, and good things. And then there'll be times that you walk with us as we have lack or you'll walk with us in the difficult times, but you will always be with us because you promise that you'll never leave us or forsake us. God, for those who tuned in online listening now or even at a future time, bless them. Draw them closer to you. God, keep us, uh, keep us in the faith focused on you. And thank you for our time together. And we thank you for the uh, ability, the technology that we can be live streaming this, this morning uh, to whoever. We, we give you praise and pray that you will continue to lead us and help us to take advantage of opportunities to share our faith and to share the real God with our friends and family and neighbors. Bless us. Keep us safe traveling on these roads even as we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you guys.